You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy everyone and welcome to the third episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2016 Con Report. A couple of weeks ago, we passed the six-month mark, and now we're over halfway there to the big event. It's all downhill from here, folks. Bite your tongue, Michael Gordon. March March is the hump month, so we got over the hump. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, starting, of course, with director Mike Faber. Hey, everyone, and... Get ready, because Dragon Con is creeping closer and closer and closer. What a difference a month makes. I mean, it's already like we've there's so much, like especially for the guest announcements, which you're going to do a little later. There's like a ton of last last two episodes. We haven't had really much guest news at all. Now we've got like a ton of them. Yeah. Most of the guests were ESO people for the last two months. <laughs> I know, right? Pretty sad. But no, it's pretty cool. Um, also, very pleased to have us with us once again, Darren Noel. Howdy. What's up, Howdy, kids? Sir, how are you? I am just kosher. What's going on? Our, our, now, when when do we get to the panic stage? Of what? Like, it's... Cause You're going to be more like, specific. I have multiple panic stages in my life. So. <laughs> as far as Dragon Con goes, as far as, like, the is it, like, the sixth month? Is, now that we're past oh, that, is that, oh, like, We're, we're panic? in panic mode because I don't even know what I'm doing yet. So, yeah, I'm in full panic mode. Wow. Yes. I'm in full six, panic. A little mode. under six months of panic. Yeah, but but luckily grad school is kind of taking all my energy, so I don't have any energy to expend <laughs> upon panic because I'm panicking about grad school. So if that helps at all, yeah, I guess I'm not in de- delayed denial panic. Gotcha. That's <laughs> a thing. So yeah, and we also have with us Mary Lou Who once again. Hi, to Mary. Hey guys. How are you? I am doing just fine. How are you? Does the does the six month mark, the halfway mark, mean anything to you, or is it just like, uh, just more work to do? Oh, I know it ought to, but it just doesn't seem real right now. <laughs> Denial. <laughs> it seems like it was just over, and now we're getting ready to head into the you know the last little bit before we go back, and it just seems so soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you it know. really will be here before we know it. Yeah, for serious. And also joining us once again is Dacoma Sanchez. Welcome back, Dacoma. You finally, you this is your third episode. It is. Heidi ho, neighborinos. I'm here. And and, <laughs> and now, uh, obviously, with uh, the only the three years of experience with Dragon Con. <laughs> Uh, so as far as me and the three years of Dragon Con experience I have in the six-month mark goes, this is kind of like there's this weird sense of trepidation that comes at the six-month mark because I'm constantly watching like the who's coming list and the announcements as they're coming out. I have no plans as far as what it is that I'm doing because I'm still waiting for everything to come up. But at the same time, I'm super excited. 
Plus, it's also the beginning of con season, so there's a bunch of cons rolling into Dragon Con. So it's con after con after con, and then boom, Dragon Con. It's an interesting point that I just actually, a question that popped in my head for those of you all who do the cosplay thing. Um, Does the announcement of guests affect your choices of costumes? Sometimes. Um, Not for me personally. Uh, I think the only year it did was um, the first year that I did cosplay at Dragon Con, which was actually three years ago. And I did the group cosplay of the Rat Queens (coughs) with uh, a couple of the other girls (coughs) up in the Atlanta area. Because Rock Upchurch, who was the original artist, was actually in attendance in Artist Alley. And we accosted his table. It was amazing. Um, but other than that, uh, I've not really let it affect me. I don't know about Darren, though. I know um, he's... No. No? Not <laughs> no. at all. No. Be- because <laughs> I know I'm probably not going to see any people, um, any famous <laughs> people, because my schedule at Dragon Con is sleep in, wake up, maybe hit a panel, uh, do some cosplay, hit a photo <laughs> shoot, have dinner, have a disco nap, head to the parties. So that that's me. Um, unless they're unless they're up really early Sunday and Monday morning in the Walk of Fame, um, I'm likely not going to see anyone who has a line of people yeah. to take photos with. So now I do know that um, what was it last year when Patrick Stewart was there? Was it last year that he was there? Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. There were a slew of Patrick Stewart lookalikes lookalikes everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. So I know it does affect some people, but as far as I go, not typically. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Mary- me neither. I don't, I don't even pay attention to guest announcements until we do it on here. To be honest, that's, that's okay. I, well, I was specifically thinking of you, Mary. Actually, because I, I was like, like I, I, I've seen everyone I ever care to see, and otherwise, it just doesn't matter. Because I was wondering, yeah. I'm like, okay, so when the Shatner was announced, does Mary go, okay, now I have to take my my Starfleet uniform? Oh no, man! I bring that anyway. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I like there are some things you just are going to bring regardless because they're your go to costumes because they they look good on I mean, you and you feel like, good in them. So. If I have it already, like the year Jillian Anderson came, we made sure and brought our Mulder and Scully costumes, but we tend to wear those on, like, Monday anyway, so we, it wasn't anything extra, really. Um, you know, if we have something already done that maybe an actor will appreciate, then we'll wear it to the panel, but I'm honestly not gonna, like, go to their table or anything, probably. That yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. It's just something I thought about because I was like, wondering, like, when are the guests? There's so many was... other factors that go into choosing what costume <laughs> you do that, like, you what, don't what need. What fabric is on sale? How much <laughs> yeah. time do I have? You know, like, what friends are going to be there? What, what, what friends are going to be there? Exactly. And we, always, like, you know. we all always start off with this wonderful, ambitious list. And as it gets closer <laughs> and closer, we're like, oh, I really don't need that amount of detail, do I? <laughs> right. I don't have time to sew this together. Get the staples. <laughs> yeah, bring forth the glue. <laughs> if they're close enough to point out the flaw in your costume, they're close enough to punch in the face. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Good rule. 
Uh, well, very cool. It's great to have you guys here. Uh, we're also going to feature segments on this episode with Eternal Zan. She's going to be doing a, a hotel spotlight, and uh, starting with the Hilton uh, this month. Uh, Kevin Batchelder joins us and Michelle Biddick-Simmons. It's good to hear from them. So you'll hear from both of them in, uh, later on in the show. And we have with us the director of media relations, Mr. Dan Carroll, is here at the end of the show. So uh, And great stuff. Great stuff ahead. Uh, this Earth Station One special report is sponsored by the ESO Amazon eStore, where you can find all sorts of cool, geeky merchandise. If you're ordering some swag from Amazon, help us out by going through our ESO link. It doesn't cost you any more, and it helps us out a lot. And if you would like to leave feedback or comment on the show, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057. And feel free to email us at esopodcast at gmail.com. We're also on all the social media, so you can contact us there as well. So now let's get started with some news and notes. Um, there's some big news, which we want to talk about just a little bit later. I think first off, I'm going to go through the dates real quick, the important dates that are coming up. Um, things, Some things, uh, media access application opened. Uh, a few days ago. So if you are interested in applying for a media badge, uh, do so now. Uh, that's one of those things where they need to, to vet you. Uh, so they need to take a look at your samples of your blog or your podcast or, or newspaper or whatever you're you know participating in as far as media goes. So um, get that stuff together and uh, please uh, apply for that. Uh, also, um, April 1st is when performer applications close. So if you want to perform, uh, there's music all over Dragon Con and great opportunities for uh, musicians. If you want to perform, uh, you will have to get that application in by the end of this month. So you only have about a week or so to do that. Um, and uh, again, uh, the, um, the membership rates are currently $110 for the weekend. That will last through May 13th, and they will go up to 120 after that date. So, um, Also, there was a volunteer meeting on uh, March 20th. If you are interested in volunteering, um, please uh, check out the website for more information on where, on when and where you can do that. Uh, the next scheduled volunteer meeting is May 21st, so uh, check that out. It's usually at the Sheridan. Uh, although I think in the May one is is actually at the Hilton, so um, and that the, anybody can go. Just anybody who's interested in volunteering for Dragon Con in any capacity can show up for this and, and find out uh, uh, exactly how they can be uh, useful. So um, do that as well as uh, there was also an event, a Dragon Con related event, the Dragon Con Superheroes, which is a community service project. Um, they actually had an event uh, last week. Uh, it was the cleanup day at Piedmont Park at the Georgia, at, with the Georgia Conservancy. Uh, that was uh, held, I think it was just last weekend that they did that. And we're going to hear all uh, about that event as well as some events to come when we talk to Dan because he is a big supporter and, and he's really involved with the superhero program, which is great stuff. It's really how Dragon Con, uh, one, just one of the ways that uh, they give back to the community. It's great stuff. So. So those are all the dates uh, of note. Um, and also, actually, there's one other date that I, I need to mention as well. Uh, we mentioned this last uh, on the last episode, but uh, DragonCon is still looking for people to share their pictures, their memories, uh, uh, essays, videos. If you have something, uh, pictures, stories, uh, presentations that you want to include uh, or have DragonCon look at, um, you can send it to DragonCon30th. 
That's DragonCon30TH at gmail.com for April 22nd. Um, and they're going to select, I guess, um, from the assortment of, of whatever they get uh, for uh, – I don't know exactly how it's going to be used. I'm guessing there's going to be some uh, probably media event, uh, multimedia event, uh, social media event. Um, but if you if they do select yours, uh, you will you could win a membership or a host hotel reservation. So they said they are especially in need of items from 2012 and earlier. So if you've been <laughs> a longtime Dragon Con member uh, and have some memories, some photos, uh, early photos, some recordings of maybe panels and such like that, just uh, reach out to them and find out what they need. So. Um, I think DragonCon actually uh, dropped a pretty big bomb on us uh, uh, last week when they announced that they were partnering with Momocon, which is, I don't know if it's the second biggest. It's right up there, one of the top three, five conventions in Atlanta. I think AWA is, is right there as well. They announced a partnership, a strategic partnership with Momocon. The terms, the exact terms of relationship are still pretty um, general right now. They, can't, they had a, a press release, which you can read on the DragonCon site. Uh, but basically, it's, it's like the two, two, one, two of the big guns in Atlanta are combining their efforts. Any thoughts of what you guys, like, went through, like, what did you guys think when you heard the news? I was actually really surprised because... There had been rumors that, you know, Momocon was trying to become the new Dragon Con. They were, you know, trying to make their name here in Atlanta and overtake you know, Dragon Con for its identity because Momocon started expanding more into comics and sci-fi and such. I thought that it was interesting that Momocon has been getting bigger and bigger, bigger every year. I mean, by leaps and bounds. I mean, it went from a a, a small little free event. Was it Georgia Tech? Yeah, to to now they're at the World Congress Center. I mean, that's just like a huge thing. Last year when they had the billboards that said, I mean, in big letters, like Atlanta's answer to Comic-Con or San Diego or something like that. I thought, well, that's pretty bold (laughs) because the because the big con to compare to to San Diego has always been Dragon Con. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know, that. That Momocon was, uh, you know, kind of trying to reach out pretty big there. And you're right. Uh, we've talked to the um, the organizers behind Momocon. We did last year on ESO, Mike and Jessica and Chris, and and they are definitely interested in more of a comic book presence, getting more celebrities, et cetera, et cetera. So it is kind of interesting that they would do this. I don't know who it was who started the initial roll down of the two of them partnering together. Um, I did AWA last year. I did Dragon Con and I did Momocon. And uh, last year was my first year at both AWA and Momocon. And honestly, I did like Momocon better than I liked AWA. And I am an anime fan, but I still liked it better. Granted, I spent most of my time in the vending room, but that was me personally. But um, it makes sense to me that they're partnering together simply because I think they may have realized that they're not going to be able to budge the Dragon Con fan base. I mean, it's been going on for 30 years, and they really have that hold on that. So I think the partnership is kind of their way of not necessarily conceding, but kind of going, okay, well, I get it. Let's see what we can do together. 
And I think it certainly makes a lot more sense than trying to throw down and compete with Dragon Con. There's no way. They wouldn't be able to. Everybody who has tried that has gone running away with their tails between their legs. I just think of Jack Black every time. Or, the, or their wizard hat between their legs. <laughs> Gee, I don't know what you're talking well, about there, Mike. So many members of their staff overlap that it wouldn't make sense for them to try to compete. I think it's yeah. only going to be good for both groups. I mean, I don't think any of the, either convention had ill will toward the other one. No. I think this is only going to do good things. Well, until recently, uh, I know that Dan Carroll, our good friend that we're going to talk to a little bit later, he was uh, doing uh, press uh, media relations for both conventions. Uh, it became, because I think um, Momocon is becoming bigger and bigger, I think he, he stepped down just because it was such a massive undertaking. Um, but um, it is kind of interesting. It, you're right. There is a lot of people, that little crossover, the people who work both shows and are involved with both shows. That's the same with AWA as well. I mean, there's a lot of people who are on the board of directors for Dragon Con, as far as I know, that are also on AWA as well. Huh. That's interesting. I, I did know that in the press release it said that I believe Chris and Jessica, who are uh, founders of MomoCon, are now on uh, the Dragon Con board. Uh, so they will, have, they will be able to affect Dragon Con as well, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, I know that some... Uh, there was some criticism about this announcement on uh, on some social media. Um, any any critical things about this? Is there anything bad about this partnership, you guys? To be totally honest, like I don't know enough to have any sort of insight that other people wouldn't have already had. Um, if Dan Carroll says that it's going to be good, then I can't do anything other than believe him because Dan <laughs> knows what he's talking about. I, I think it's a time will tell situation mm-hmm. here. I, 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 we don't know enough. We, right. we have, we have a nice press release, which is wonderful. Hey, thanks for letting everybody know, but we won't know what the long term effects of this are going to be until down the road. And it could be good. It could be bad. No idea. Well, it's kind of it's kind of like getting a, a new cabinet in the office. You never really know what's going to happen for the first few months, or in this case, few years, until things smooth out. Because you've got so many different visions that are coming to the table, and so long as everybody understands how to get to the same vision, then it's. I expect it to do good things, but I expect there to be a couple of bumps along the way because it's never a smooth path. Well, that's true. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that encourages me about this is that it's two local organizations getting together. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not it's not Wizard coming in and buying a, a show. It's not yeah. um, uh, Reed coming in and buying a show. And they've been doing both of those organizations have been doing that across the country. Uh, actually, Wizard has bought a show here. Uh, they you know, whether they use it or not every year, they, mm-hmm. they, they could because they they technically can do a show here every year. Um uh, and and Reed's been doing a lot of that too. I mean, Reed's been has New York two New York shows now, a Chicago show, and then they purchased uh, Emerald City. So uh, I, I would imagine they're looking at at other venues as well. And 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 even though Wizard, to use them as an example, hasn't had much luck going up against uh, Dragon Con uh, or having a huge event here, uh, others have. I mean, I think the Walker Stalker Convention is very big in Atlanta. Um, and now they are actually branching out to do a heroes and villain event 
right in no is it November this year? Yes. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, and obviously, you know, I think uh, as as far as as Momocon goes and Dragon Con, they feel like maybe they just want to protect the local their local shows and work together to do sat do so and and help you know make sure that they don't overlap in guests that you know or or you know have access to guests so that maybe the other conventions don't i mean there's a lot of that usually going on as well cuz the last thing you want to do is you know have a you know have a big guest but all you know somebody that that guest has been there just 6 months before so that kind of burns your exclusivity of him or her and I know that there's com- some concern about the smaller shows as well uh, in Atlanta and in the region that they're going to get like people are going to want to go to these shows and not have time, money, energy, whatever to do the little shows. Uh, but um, I-, I don't know. I think that there's always going to be room for the smaller shows just because they're so intimate and they offer such better, not a better, they offer such a different experience. And they're more affordable. Yeah, yeah there's that. Yeah. True price story. Point. Price point is important. <laughs> oh, yeah. nowadays I, I, especially. You know, our good friends at TimeGate, I keep wondering what's going to happen there because, you know, Momocon is not going to give up the, that weekend, Memorial Day weekend. And TimeGate has been there for years as well. And I know they don't want to give it up. And as, you know, until recently, you know, it's not the same crowd. Uh, you know, there's not, I mean, there's the, the Doctor Who fans, which are not really, Momocon doesn't really offer them much yet but if you know if that changed then obviously that would be something Mm -hmm. entirely for that show to take a look at and try to deal with i don't know i think it's pretty uh pretty big event it's pretty interesting um and uh i guess we'll just wait and see what happens but uh i it was definitely like out of the blue oh yeah do you guys think that possibly that dragon con eventually could absorb momocon I, I have heard people speculating that that this is Dragon Con's first first sort of way in to do that, um, like their first sort of opening bell that eventually Momocon will be owned by Dragon Con. I could see that, um, but at the same time, Momocon has, like you said, grown leaps and bounds over the few years that it's been around. I mean, granted, in the in the spectrum of how long Dragon Con's been around versus how long Momocon's been around, Momocon is a baby. But I see the two of them being able to work well together, but I I don't know that they'll necessarily merge into, even with the partnership, this one entity of two cons. I think they'll probably still stay their separate conventions and have their primary fan bases. There probably will be a little bit of overlap, but I don't know that it'll be a full-on conglomerate mess yeah i think they're just really right now talking about sharing resources and behind yeah. the scenes kind of um sort of um yeah all the behind the scenes workings those volunteers um that sort of base just because as momo i would imagine as momocon's grown maybe it's grown you know too fast too big too fast where they're like we're kind of i don't want to say in over our heads but Obviously, if you've got the people that have been doing this at DragonCon for 30 years, it's not – it's pretty wise to use them as a resource. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, I, I definitely think it's going to be interesting. And, and, I, and I know that, you know, there's been a lot of speculation that Dragon Con does want to, like, is interested in syndicating and branching out and having little Dragon Con conventions all over the country. I, I think we're a long way away from that, though. I've never really heard from anybody officially uh, that, or from anybody unofficially at the who's part of DragonCon that 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 that's something that they're interested in. Well, that that would be a huge challenge considering that all of their volunteers tend to be locals. So I don't even know how they would even begin to sally forth into these other markets that are already kind of getting saturated with cons now because geek has become so popular. That 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 would be a huge logistical challenge. Do you house your your main people in another hotel for however many times do you fly them around? Who's paying for that? I mean, uh, that that just brings up a lot of logistical challenges for them. Well, I was very surprised to learn that Walker Stalker does that. They have volunteers that they fly all over the country at their events. Mm-hmm. So because they don't like to, or they don't, they've known, or they've fit, found out that it's not wise strategy to depend on local locals for um volunteers okay. that if they have the vol- they, they have the same volunteers who work like you know whether it's in Boston, Atlanta, Germany, London, uh Florida, like wherever it's the same people because they they know what they're doing uh-huh. and and you know they don't really pay them except for just it's a free trip to wherever wherever mhm uh, so I know people who've done that, and it's pretty—they're you know, pretty jazzed by it. They love it because they just get to go all over the the country, and in some cases to Europe and such. And they—they they just they get a, a free trip out of it. Oh, I wish them the best of luck with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think as if I was volunteering, and I haven't volunteered at a con in in ages, I would be hard pressed to pick up every month to go to a con somewhere, knowing I had to foot a hotel bill and food. You know, I'm I'm very selective about my cons. I I tend to go places that are local or are on the cheap, not too far away. Um, I could see doing one con away to a place I wanted to go to uh, once in a while, but certainly not on a regular basis to be like an active kind of for hire volunteer, which is a weird status to have. So, well, to be fair, it's mostly students and and yeah. people. And, yeah, uh, I have a um so. I have a coworker who actually volunteers and has uh, every year of Walker Stalker Con, and she's worked her way up into the ranks. And um, we're two hours south of Atlanta, but she goes up there and she has to pay for all of her room and everything. So I imagine it's primarily the um, the people who have the means to do it. Oh yeah, uh, and probably the people who are in more of the logistics or head chair, whatever people who are organizing separate sections because it's kind of easy for you to get at least a handful of local volunteers to delegate jobs to. And the people who are delegating those jobs, I imagine would be the ones that they would be taking around versus just everyone willy nilly. True. So, but it, (laughs) she does, she loves it. So 
more power well, to and it. it's interesting. It's like I guess, like like I said, it's one of those things that doesn't really affect Dragon Con. So, but it's one of those things that I just found out was a thing. Like I didn't even know that that was, you know, well, something mean, that people did until I was talking to someone who who does that for Walker Stalker Con. And if you think about it, I mean, it makes sense when you do lots of little conventions like that and you carry it with you everywhere. If you've got somebody who works who knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. why would you try to reinvent the wheel someplace else with somebody you don't know? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Like from a convention standpoint, it, it's worth probably paying, you know, for people to travel and all that just because or at least give it some sort of stipend just because, yeah. you're, you know, you've got reliable people mm-hmm. and you don't have to depend on, you know, whoever you may get out of the local pool. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, I mean, it's a smart move. I just don't from from the person standpoint, it would have to be a very special type of person to do that, I think. Yeah. One who would have the means and the ability to I mean, we've fly all, and all that jazz, you know. We've all run into those few people at conventions where that's, cool. that's all they do is they live that's for conventions. They, they go from yeah. con to con. And <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what you do for how? a living, but I need to do this. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, how do you do this? Uh, I have a nine to five. What are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> right? Who did you marry and did they die <laughs> and left you all this money? How did that happen? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Digressing. <laughs> Absolutely. And yes, to get back on track a little bit with some more uh, Dragon Con related news, uh, Darren, um, uh, Georgia House Bill 757 will uh, not go away. It, it's not going to go away. It has passed the House. It has passed the Senate. It is on Governor Deal's desk waiting to be signed or waiting to be not signed and allowed to go into law anyway. The deadline for that is I mean, he could sign it at any time. And it can or he could tear it up. Or he could veto it. He can yeah. veto it. That's the only thing that will prevent it from becoming law at this point. If he doesn't sign it, it will become law. And he has until like May 2nd to sign it. Or May yeah. 3rd to sign it. And he is taking his own sweet time. And I, I think I I'm reading some tea leaves here. The legislative session ends this week. I think he's waiting for the legislature to go home so he cannot have the hustle and bustle of all this on him right there with all the representatives there (laughs) in front of him all day long, Mm -hmm. pressuring him to do one thing or the other Mm -hmm. so he can really decide. Now, obviously, uh, there was a New York Times article today about us, and whenever we make the New York Times, that's not a good sign. Never is. Uh, is. If your state is in the New York Times, because New York Times is very New York focused. When your state makes the New York Times, it's a problem. I I have found whenever Georgia makes the national news, I'm usually embarrassed. You're embarrassed. I'm from Florida, so I'm used to being in the news. (laughs) Okay. Got baths and God knows what else. So. This, I mean, obviously, big companies like Delta and Coke have come out against this, but they're not going to leave Georgia. And and other states have something like this. Um, there is a revised bill that is the combined bill now that is online. Um, I'll have a link for that if you want to post it. Of course. Um, the interesting thing about it now is it is it has gotten rid of the person aspect of it, so not anyone can say no. I'm not going to help you. Like if you go into a into a Burger King and you happen to announce that you are this category of person, they have to serve you because this only covers faith-based organizations that are listed as a, let me get the, uh, a 501c3 org, which means you are tax exempt for religious purposes. So 
Um, even Hobby Lobby, who was in the news last year about um, um, birth control, birth control pills. Thank you. Um, has to help you because they're they're a for profit company. Okay, but this this does protect certain aspects of religion that are still, you know, if the state donates or gives money to a charity that is a faith-based charity that, let's say, does um, training so that you can get vocational assistance, so you can find a job, they could turn away an unwed mother because well, of her, quote-unquote, lifestyle. Or and a places, gay, places like I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interject, but uh, I actually worked for up until last year a 5013C, and we were a behavioral health facility that I refer to as the redheaded stepchild of the state. The state uh, gave us money to do uh, to do services for behavioral and addictive services, but that means that if this passes, that w- they would be able to, since I'm no longer there, they would be able to have a little checkbox on their form, their application, asking what somebody's lifestyle or religious preference is, which is already there, but they would be able to, instead of just using it for their own knowledge base, they would be able to actually deny people services. Yep, with state dollars. Yeah. Which is always good when you're giving away your tax money to someone who is... Or when you're looking for, you know, therapy or, you know, trying to get out of drugs. No, we're not going to help you here. You know, that's the thing you want to look at. You know, there, there's again. I, I was raised conservative Christian. I know that I know half the internet just fell over right there. <laughs> um, the other I think half my heart half, just stopped yeah, right there. The other, the other half is about to fall over. Um, I have a minor in philosophy, concentrating in religious systems. Um, I can tell you that um, Jesus hung out with prostitutes and lepers. He hung out with people who were not the righteous. That was his thing. Go back in the Bible and read the red letter stuff. It's highlighted for your convenience. You know, <laughs> that other stuff was written by men later who, you know, obviously we, we could talk about theology all day long and I'm not going to get into that. But the core of this message is you're supposed to help people different from you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who it is who needs assistance. If you followed that dogma, you are to help them, period. End of discussion move on. So this bill basically says the main parts of if, if you are a religious official, you can't be made to perform a gay marriage. Well, we knew that already. That's protected by the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. Done. The second thing it does is it protects you from being forced to attend a gay marriage. Why would this even be a thing? I, I don't know who's holding guns and forcing people to go to gay marriages. I've not seen that happen, but okay, sure, why not? It, it's it's a thing. People think that's what's going on. Fine, have your fantasy. This bill also trumps every local LGBT rights initiative. This is now the law of the state. State law trumps local law as was admitted by Mr. Kirk, who had a uh, news conference today when he was asked about all this stuff. And uh, he basically quoted some stuff from Focus of the Family, which has been called a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center um, for publishing, you know, basically propaganda about gay people, which isn't true. So 
you know, we're, we're back to this whole thing where you can say that gay people are X, Y, and Z, but that doesn't mean it is, but you're not in a court of law. So you can say whatever you want to, <laughs> but usually, and this came up in the Prop 8 trial um, out in California, that once these lies are put on the witness stand, they, they fall away because they mean absolutely nothing um, because there is no data to support any of the theories that, you know, gay marriage is bad and awful for society, whatever they want to put up with. So this is just another way of telling gay people um, that they're not welcome in the state and they're hated and they're icky and nasty and bad. And that's what your state legislators have been up to. Mm -hmm. And well, and it's so encouraging because, I mean, obviously, you know, with uh, the, the, the huge bustling film community that's here coming out against it, a lot of businesses coming out against it. Dragon Con has come out against it. And then recently the NFL oh, yeah, the Super Bowl. Has, has said, you know what, if you want to bid that new stadium you have, you want a Super Bowl there? Well, not so not fast. So fast. Um, which, that, you know, when is the sense. last time you've seen like jocks and geeks agree on something? That's like cats right. and dogs <laughs> living together, mass hysteria. You know, I went back through some stuff and back in 2004, when Georgia got its anti-gay marriage constitutional amendment, the vote was 76.2 in favor of banning gays to get married in the state. Um, we get it. You know, I, I speaking as an LGBT member, we understand that people don't like us. They have an animus towards us. We understand that. We get it. The fact that they're so insecure about this and the fact that they have to keep bringing it up and the fact that the Supreme Court is actually making them deal with us as people now because of the gay marriage ruling last June is actually really amusing to see the hate bubble to the surface. It's amusing and it's dangerous. Because the way the laws are written, it doesn't promote Christianity. It's very vague. It's about any religion. Yeah. And it's about, oh, if, you disagree, if your religion disagrees with any other religion, well, then obviously. And, of course, this is favoring Christianity because it's the majority religion in the state. So, you know, I, I think it's a matter of time before these types of bills are called unconstitutional, but it would have to get up there. Yeah. In the meantime, we will be dealing with this kind of crap and bakers and florists and caterers, if you can find them any that aren't gay, um, will will have to actually make cakes and flower arrangements and cook for gay weddings because they're not protected by this law because they are a for profit organization. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So they didn't get what they wanted out of this. And that's just opening the gates for a whole different kind of segregation all over again. Yep. We're back with to the Woolworth lunch counter thing again, yeah. which we yeah. we've decided that separate is never equal, never. Now, equal. and it's also my understanding of law, and I could be wrong on this, but it's my understanding of law that if there's a state law for it, then locals can also make their own laws. And yes, the state law does trump the local law unless the local law is more strict than the state law. And that's the problem with this. The last bit of this says. Um, all laws and parts of laws in conflict with this act are repealed, mm. wow. which means you're done. The conversation, well, this is the law. So Yeah. And Let's hopefully, yeah, hopefully this is the conversation about this that we have. Uh, the last one that we have, uh, will be next month and it'll be good news. So hopefully we'll see. Uh, yeah. But, um, anyway, thank you so much, sir. And, uh, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on this as, uh, it continues as well as, the guest list, uh, which is 
like I said, huge. It's it's grown by leaps and bounds over the past three weeks. So without further ado, Mike and Darren, just go ahead. It's Tell not us. huge. It's moderate. Exactly. Compared to some we did last year. Come Seriously, on. Seriously, it's well, not like. No, no. Compared to the last two months, it is. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you said that you had seven pages, Mike. No, originally seven pages. And right. like, like we're doing, folks, we are not going to do the whole every single person who's coming to Dragon Con. That's why Dragon Con has right on their front page a guest list. This is just a smattering of guests. So we're going to get started. And Darren, I'm, I'm going to let you go first. I will go first. Here we go. Um, you might have heard of this gentleman. Uh, Mr. William Shatner is an actor and novelist who gained worldwide fame and became a cultural icon for his portrayal of Captain James Tiberius Kirk, captain of the Starship USS Enterprise in the television series Star Trek from 66 to 69, Star Trek the Animated Series, and in seven of the subsequent Star Trek feature films. Shatner will be joining Dragon Con for Monday only. Monday only only track over monday only exactly and you know shatner was the first one to actually announce he was coming to dragon con well he would know of course <laughs> he, he announced it right on uh, twitter although he just turned 85 so what he knows and what he doesn't know is subject to interpretation right now it is yeah. it is he could, we could just pretend he's a dragon con and he'll be at a friars club or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> being roasted exactly uh we also have monica ryle is currently listed as the most prolific anime voice actor in the u.s she has lent her voice to over 350 anime as well as a slew of video game titles richard horvitz uh will recognize him as the voice of many iconic characters including invader zim billy from the grim adventures of billy and mandy daggett from the angry beavers and alpha five from the original mighty Morphin power rangers Roger Bumpus is known for voicing Squidward on SpongeBob SquarePants and Professor Membrane on Invader Zim. Lori Allen has starred as Diane Simmons on Family Guy, Pearl the Whale on SpongeBob SquarePants, and Sue Richards the Invisible Woman on Marvel Comics The Fantastic Four, among many other fantastic animated roles. <laughs> I saw what they did there. That's pretty funny. Uh -huh. Andy Rutten is the creator of the Breakout All Ages series of graphic novels, Owly, starring the little owl who's always searching for new friends. Relying on a mixture of symbols and expressions to tell his silent stories, Rutten's heartwarming style has made him a favor of both fans and critics alike. Robert J. Sawyer has won the Hugo, Nebula, and John W. Campbell Memorial Awards, all for Best Science Fiction Novel of the Year. The ABC TV series Flash Forward was based on his Aurora Award-winning novel of the same name, and he was one of the writers for that program. Maybe he'll be able to tell us what that series was really about. It was about flashing forward. Yeah, I know, but... <laughs> What caused it, you know? Next. It? All right. Catherine O'Shea <laughs> David has worked in the puppetry for over 30 years. She has short stories published in various anthologies over the years. She has done costuming for theater, film, and television. She worked as an associate editor at Delray Books on Star Wars. All right. So say it with me, kids. Yo. Yoast. David Yost is an American actor most notably for, known for his role as Billy the Blue Ranger on the international television series The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Since leaving the series, Yost has turned his attention to behind-the-scenes work in the entertainment industry. 
Austin St. John starred as Jason Lee Scott, Red Ranger, in one of the most iconic groundbreaking live-action children's series of all time, The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I'm getting Sean a theme Reed here. said, yeah. yay! <laughs> Mika McKinnon as Stargate's rocket surgeon, TV and movie science consultant, field geophysicist, and disaster research, is impressively and possibly disturbingly enthusiastic about all things science. Sam J. Jones is best known throughout the world as I think that's the only thing he's known for. Well, he's also known for the Highwaymen, the Spirit, and as Eris Bach on Stargate's SG-1. He starred and co-starred and guest starred in over 40 films and 100 television shows and is currently developing a new action-adventure television series. Peter David is a prolific author whose career and continued popularity spans nearly two decades. He has worked in every conceivable media, television, film, book, fiction, nonfiction, and audio, short stories, comic books, and acquired followings in all of them. If you ever see a panel with Peter David, you will be Go, entertained. Oh, you want to be there. Yes. It's hilarious. Melody Anderson is a retired actress whose most high-profile work was playing Dale Arden in the 1980 adaptation of Flash Gordon. She is also a licensed social worker and public speaker specializing in the impact of addiction on families. I am so excited to have the the Flash and and uh, Dale there. This Go is, Flash, this is, go! I have go waited Flash. for decades for this. This is going to be awesome. And I probably just changed it. Yeah. <laughs> Call the lawyers now. Now you know Max Roncito is going to be there too, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Taylor is an author and screenwriter. He is the author of Zombies, The Ultimate Visual History, Inside Editions 2016, as well as Arctic Adventure with an exclamation point, an official Thunderbirds novel based on the iconic British television series by Gary and Sylvia Anderson. Friar Brian Small is a Catholic priest and pop culture geek. Fire Brian has been participated in discussions on various tracks for a number of years. He brings his insights from academia, spirituality, and fandom into the mix. Cara Santa Maria is a Los Angeles area Emmy and Knight Foundation award-winning journalist, science communicator, television personality, producer, and podcaster. Current credits include Talk Nerdy and the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe podcast, Techno, SoCal Connected, Fab Lab, Real Future, and America's Greatest Makers. All right, Mike, sit down. Alex Kingston is coming to Dragon Con. How exciting! <laughs> Spoilers! She is known for her roles as Dr. Elizabeth Corday on the NBC medical drama ER, and of course, River Song in the BB science fiction series, Doctor Who. Alex will be appearing Sunday and Monday only. Karen Gillian is a Scottish actress and former model, best known for playing the role of Amy Pond in the hit British sci-fi TV series, Doctor Who, and Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Karen will be appearing Saturday and Sunday only. Okay. So there's only, like, if you want both, uh, both mother and daughter... You gotta hit Sunday. Sunday, 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 Sunday at the Hippodrome. <laughs> okay, Jamie Marchi is the voice of Ellie from Borderlands 2, the Witchblade from Witchblade, Freya from Smite, uh, Reyes from High School DXD, and Panty from Panty <laughs> and Stockings with Murder <laughs> Belt. In addition to voicing over 200 video games and anime characters, she's also adapted hundreds of anime scripts into English. That sounds more like a frolic thing than a dragon. Yeah, I was thinking but that. I could be wrong. I don't know. 
Will Friedel is an actor known for playing Eric Matthews in Boy Meets World and voicing characters such as Ron Stoppable in Kim Stoppable and Batman in Batman Beyond. Harry. Yeah, I know uh, certain Dan Carroll is very excited about that one. Robin Lord Taylor has appeared in several acclaimed television series, such as The Walking Dead, Law and Order, The Good Wife, Person of Interest, but is best known for being the Penguin in the series Gotham. He does such a good job. Yep. Uh, Drew Powell. To the Dragon Con community, Drew is best known for his role of Butch Gilzian, chief enforcer for Fish Mooney on the hit series Gotham. This one I'm really excited about. Charlie Cox is coming to Dragon Con. Charlie is known, best known as Matt Murdock, Daredevil in Marvel's Daredevil TV series. But he's also been on, uh, played Tristan Thorne in Stardust, Owen Sleater in the second and third series of HBO's Boardwalk Empire. And he will be there only Friday and Saturday. Okay. They didn't say that on this. So, okay. Thank you, Mike. That's okay. That's what, that's what I'm here for. I back you guys up. Basically, this is just a smithering. Check the Dragon Con website throughout the month, and we'll you know update it when we come back to you next time. And uh, definitely check the Facebook page because they make the announcements there first. And also, once they do, we usually share it on the ESO group. So stay tuned for all of those uh, to hear the latest and greatest guest announcements. Thank you, guys. You're welcome, Mike. You're welcome, Mike. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Dad. Well, cool. Well, now it's time, I think, to get a little hotel knowledge. I'm very excited that we'll be spotlighting uh, each one of the hotels this year. So, uh, And with us to start with the Hilton, which is one of my favorites because, well, it's got a certain little little tiki hideaway there. So we'll now talk with Eternal Zan. Hey, everyone. Now we're here with the one and only Eternal Zan. Hi. Hey, Zan. Only a little over five months left. I know. We're very close. And I have a lot of news this month. There was a recent volunteer meeting. So some of my news comes out of that. And thank you to everybody online who's helped me get this news together. I'm not going to get all of it. I'm going to be pretty rushed, but I think I can get this all out. So here we go. New this year for my segment, starting this year for the rest of the year, I will be covering one host hotel per month and one hotel room booking community per month leading up to the convention. This month's featured hotel is the oldest Dragon Con host hotel still in use, the Atlanta Hilton. But before we get started on that, I'd like to follow up on parade news from last month. Parade registration closed one day after last month's ESO podcast was released, so I think that could be the ESO effect right there. So congratulations to the entire ESO crew on shutting down the parade. Uh, Registration time went down from four weeks last year to two weeks this year. Vehicle registration closed the very next day after parade registration opened, so that was closed in less than one full day. There is a waiting list, so use the parade resources uh, to contact. That's DC underscore parade at dragoncon.org if you would like to be on a waiting, if you would like to get your vehicle on a waiting list. So now we're going to start off talking about the Hilton. Dragon Con started in 1987 at the Piedmont Plaza Hotel, but starting in 1990, they moved to the Hilton, and they stayed there until 96, and then it moved away and came back, so for reasons of time, we're going to skip that part of the story. 
but the Hilton has been a part of Dragon Con steadily since 2005. So I asked on the ESO Facebook group what people wanted me to cover about the Hilton, and the number one request was directions to Trader Vic's that bypassed the elevator. Wow. Yeah. So Trader Vic's is a Dragon Con favorite with delicious buy ties, and we'll get more into that a little bit later. But just to get straight to the good stuff, directions to Trader Vic's. To take the elevator, walk straight in the front door of the Hilton, and go to the elevators on the right, and then follow the signs near the elevator, and Trader Vic's is on the very lowest level of the hotel, and there's really good signage there. Now, to skip the elevator, here's what you do. If you walk in the front door from the street, turn right and look for the FedEx shop, and you'll pass it and keep going, and then you're going to turn left into a little hallway, and what you're looking for is a small set of stairs. It's a little bit of a walk. You go all the way down them to the bottom, and then you have to make your way to the front of the restaurant where the maitre d' is. If you come in from the Marriott Skywalk, go down the escalator to the right, and you're basically right near the stairs. Now, if you arrive early and you can find one, your best bet is to find the Hilton Bell person and just ask them to show you, and they'll be happy to. Possibly the best way to get to Trader Vic's, though, is there is an entrance from the outside of the hotel on John Portman Street, so that's probably the easiest way if you're not already in the Hilton, if you're walking to the Hilton, Then just walk in from the outside. Uh, The Trader Vic's phone number is 404-221-6339. Their website is TraderVix, that's V-I-C-S-A-T-L dot com, and they have a contact us form. If you want to just call the Hilton directly, that's 404-659-2000. And Trader Vix does have their own email address, too. That's info at TraderVixATL.com. So uh, next up, we're going to talk more a little bit more about the Hilton and what the vibe is, what they're best known for, what events are held there. So I would say the hotel vibe is the most relaxed and least crowded of the three. But now that registration's moving there, it's going to be a little bit more crowded, but registration does move pretty quickly. So hopefully it won't you know, be too crowded after the first couple days when a lot of people get there early on Thursday. And a Dragon Con store location with extra lanyards might also be moving there. That hasn't been announced yet, but it's my educated guess because the DC store always likes to st- stock extra lanyards where- near where badge pickup is. So I'm just guessing they might move a store there, but that hasn't been announced. The Hilton is connected by to the Marriott by Habitrail, and it's downhill from the Hyatt and the Marriott. So they're all in one straight line, so it is connected with Habitrail. And like I mentioned, registration is moving from the Sheraton to the basement of the Hilton, which is the Galleria level. And then more programming will be moving to that now empty space in the Sheraton. I don't know exactly what yet, but they're probably still working on that. Disability services will be on the lobby level of the Hilton. So you'll go all the way towards the back, past the registration desk, near the escalators, and that's where disability service is going to be. Eternal members registration will be staying in the Marriott, and the exact location of that is on the Eternals postcard, which is pink this year, not blue like the regular postcards. The disability services registration that's previously been in the Eternals registration room in the Marriott, uh, it looks like that's going to be remaining. That's an alternate site for people who can't make it to the Hilton. Gaming is moving from the basement of the Hilton to the Westin and to floors three and four of America's Mart Building 2. There's not going to be anything in America's Mart Building 1, as far as I know. 
And yes, gaming will be open for 24 hours, so score on that. And the vendors hall will also be in America's Mart Building 2. So now I'm going to move on to what is the Hilton best known for? Uh, costuming, they're not as well known for costuming contests or costumers standing around in lobbies like the Marriott and the Hyatt, but they are very well known for photo shoots. There are stairs around the back of the Hilton that you've probably seen in many photos. Uh, there was a fantastic video from Guardians of the Galaxy a couple of years ago with a wonderful group cosplayer and along with director James Gunn and his brother who played the raccoon, Sean Gunn. So if you've seen that video, you've seen the stairs around the back of the Hilton. If you haven't seen it, totally look it up. It's hysterical. They like are acting in the video and everything, like pretending that they're at an event and the group cosplayer is playing along. So it's fantastic. Uh, Trader Vic's, a favorite restaurant, is Trader Vic's, and as we mentioned, that's in the basement level. They are a Polynesian-themed restaurant known for their Mai Tais, which some say have been watered down a little bit during Dragon Con due to the heavy business. But if you go early at the start of the weekend, they should still be strong, and it is very strongly recommended that you make reservations if you want to go to Trader Vic's. The Open Table app is very good. Also, Trader Vic's is, I believe, still closed on Sundays and Mondays. So thanks to Eternal G for some of these directions and some of the other info I'm sharing tonight. And thank you to the whole internet for helping because I'm pulling a lot of my information tonight from things that have recently happened in various Dragon Con related Facebook groups. Also, what the Hilton is known for is karaoke. They have karaoke. I believe it's on the lobby level. I'm not sure. Do you know if it's every night? Most of the time, yes. Okay, every night. The cast of Eureka joined in there a couple years ago, so I know that. So I'm going to move on quickly to the important thing of how does Hilton do the DragonCon bookings. In recent years, they've done legacy bookings with a voucher. They used the dreaded passkey system one year, and it was a disaster for them, so they went back to the vouchers. Vouchers are limited, and so the earlier you check in, the better your odds of getting one. So here's how it worked in the past. There's been no news yet on how it's going to work for 2017. Um, I've heard that only some of the reservations use a voucher, not all of them. So if you don't get a voucher, you do still have a chance. When you checked in on a first come first serve basis, you got a voucher until they ran out. After that, throughout the weekend, they had times when you could line up with your voucher and book a room. Some of those lines were pretty long, a couple hours long, but people say it's worth it not to have to worry about participating in the annual host hotel Hunger Games. You did have to put a credit card on file, and there was a non-refundable one-night deposit. But that's not unusual. A lot of Dragon Con reservations take a non-refundable deposit now. So, standard disclaimer, booking rules are subject to change every year. New booking rules are generally announced very shortly before the con or at the con. It's quite common for all the host hotels to be sold out before they've had time to update the official Dragon Con website. So, the best way to learn about the rules for a specific hotel is to repeatedly ask the staff at the convention. They might not know right away when you check in, so definitely keep asking. Deep breath. Okay, I can do this. Keep going. Keep going. You're on track. I can keep going. I can keep going. Okay. The second part of my segment each month will be about a community designed to help you get a hotel room or roommate. So this month, I'm going to talk about the Dragon Con rooms community. I was thinking it was best to start with them because 
they're the most active group with a master list. And so the longer you're on the master list, the better chance you'll be chosen. Uh, They also have a list of all the other communities in their pin post, along with a brief explanation of what they do, because each community specializes in something different. This is a good jumping off point if you want to learn more now. If you don't want to use Facebook, you can also Google this. DragonCon Wiki Hotels, and you'll see a list of all the other communities on the page that Google takes you to. So the DragonCon Rooms Group URL is facebook.com slash group slash DragonCon Rooms Group. That's all one word with no asterisk, and you can find that link on the ESO website for the DragonCon report, so I will send that on the show links. So full disclosure, I'm one of the admins of the Dragon Con Rooms group, and I'm very active in there. So I have a lot of personal experience with this specific group. So what does this group do and not do? If you can't go to Dragon Con and you want to get your non-refundable deposit back, the hotel isn't going to give it to you because, of course, that's what non-refundable means. So this is a great community community to be in for that. This Facebook group helps people find rooms and roommates by letting everyone add themselves to one single list in the pinned post. So the advantage of this is that all the posts can stay all year and not get buried. There is the most activity right before the con as people sadly realize they can't go this year for whatever reason because understandably people like to hold on to their rooms. Everyone who joins should take the time to read the very comprehensive pin post. It has tons of helpful, detailed advice from people like me who have years of experience. And here are my best tips for getting the most from the group. I've noticed that a lot of people just join and post without reading the pin post, but those people are definitely at a disadvantage over those who do read all the rules and tons of advice for all different circumstances in the pin post. So to wrap up, here are the best tips. Do set your notifications to all notifications for that group because on very rare occasions, someone drops in and offers to give a room to the first person to respond. This is not encouraged. We'd prefer that people contact those on the main list first to reward them, reward them for their patience all year and for following the rules. But we're there to help people and we're not going to delete those posts. So please don't make off-topic posts. It's not a social group. We're just there to help people get rooms. And please be patient and follow the advice in the pin post about how to protect yourself with any financial transaction. Never give your credit card or any financial info other than maybe your PayPal address to anyone but the hotel. Another con goer should never need any part of your credit card number for anything. And so my final disclaimer, all information I gave today is subject to change because the con is still many months away. And if you have any corrections or additional info, On any of the topics, I did my best to cover as much as possible. Please leave a comment on the feedback line, which is 404-963-9057 or email esopodcast at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to add to the discussion of the Hilton, there is a nice lively discussion going on in the ESO Podcast Facebook group. (gasps) And I can breathe. How was that? You did awesome. Wow. You came in under time. Uh, any questions? Um, one quick question about the Hilton is, are they still going to have the blood drive there this year? Uh, you know, I have not. You do a great job of asking me the one question. I don't know. You've stumped me again. Maniac <laughs> 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 laugh on your part. Um, <laughs> I have not read anything either way on that. So I, I don't know. Okay. 
that's cool. We'll find out and we'll let is, you know next month. Is there anything else I could not answer for you, sir? <laughs> no. Um, good good news about where gaming is going. And also because I've heard different rumors and now that you've said it straight, that's very nice to know. Yeah. And I heard a lot of people asking if gaming, they were concerned that by moving to the Americas Mart, that meant the hours would be cut out, uh, cut back. But I've heard from reliable sources that it's going to be still, it will still be 24 hours a day. So, you know, hopefully everything I've said today will stay correct. But if it doesn't, you know, we can update that in future podcasts. But yeah. that, one, that one seems pretty legit. Exactly. Hot and cold running Red Bull for everybody. Yep, exactly. So awesome. Cool. Well, thank you, Zan. And we will talk to you again next month. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And now we're here with the founder of the Newbies Group, Kevin Batchelder. Welcome, sir. Oh, well, thank you. Great to be back with you guys and first time in 2016. Yes, I know. And, you know, this is now feeling like we're really starting to get the ball rolling. We have you finally back on the show and we also have uh, Drop by Dragon Con with Michelle. Yes. So yes. we are getting the crew back together, as we like to say. <laughs> so it's how, always great to see that. So how was Dragon Con for you last year? Oh, it was, again, I keep surprising myself, and I don't know why it's a surprise anymore, because every year just outdoes the year before with more fun and more surprises. I, I really, people keep asking me that. I've thought maybe after four or five years, but man, I'm going 11 or 12 strong, and it's just better every year. That's awesome. And so you want to tell people a little bit about the Newbies Group? Yeah, for those folks who aren't aware, if you, uh, on your browser, go to dragonconnewbies.org. That'll take you to a blog post listing many resources for the new folks, including our Newbies group, which is by far the most popular resource on Facebook, a group I started, uh, goodness now, I think we're going back five years, maybe four or five years, a couple of friends who were going to go for the first time, had a couple of questions. So I said, well, let's quickly throw up a group so I don't have to answer the same question multiple times. And then it just grew and grew, and we're well over, I think, 2,000, 2,100 members at this point. Yeah, it's almost like you're a hydra. You cut off one head and two more to go back. <laughs> well, and, as you know, it's a, it's a changing nature. You know, some folks are very active for a year or two because they're brand new, and then they kind of back off and new folks come in, and some of us regulars stay there to answer questions. So it's a very organic group with, with you know, lots of uh, different folks helping out, just like a lot of things around con. That's the great thing. It's It's different faces and voices, but always good info. It was fun because last year on Thursday I was – exploring some of the hotels to see what had changed and i could not turn a corner without seeing one of your newbie tours <laughs> yeah kim does such an awesome job uh keeping an eye on those she oversees uh, some of the tour guides and their helpers and it, it's amazing how much that thing has grown from first year kind of seat of our pants thing with maybe 40 people and just two of us kind of doing stuff to all the helpers and several hundred folks showing up every year now that is amazing Congratulations on the growth. So what do you know what's going on for first-timers? What would you recommend? Because we're a little over five months right now. Yeah, for those, uh, and I'm sure you folks from some of the other guests you always have on, you guys talking about it, the basics of, uh, you know, your housing situation is going to be pretty important, obviously, at this point, if you haven't already got something or have a plan for it. That's always biggest nut to crack for folks uh, as far as that. But uh, once you kind of get that decided or you have a plan, uh, it's just a case now of uh, being inquisitive is what I tell a lot of the newbies this far out. You know, you can ask your basic questions and feel free, whether it's our newbie group or with you guys on the podcasts. And we can all offer some very basic things which are helpful, 
But as you find Dragon Con, you just keep peeling back layers, like realizing all the different fan tracks, you know, 30 plus different programming areas. Which ones might you be interested in? Maybe you want to start following those different tracks on their Facebook pages or groups or on Twitter, start getting an idea with a programming in case you might want to get involved or see where you might be spending your time. You know, it's a lot easier to start thinking about that now than a couple of days before con and you look down at the time block and see 30 different options to choose from. Oh, very much so. It's neat because Dragon Con is different every year. You might be a veteran and think, oh, I know everything about it. You always find out something new that you didn't even know about. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, lots of folks, and I certainly wave my hand on this one, are, shall we say, more of the anal type who want to start planning out, you know, entire days or things like that. And, uh, you know, the thing that we all find with Dragon Con, it is so dynamic, and you do have so many things you just stumble across, literally, that you want to make sure you stay flexible, but having an idea of things you might like ahead of time certainly allows you to start uh, uh, online, especially maybe meeting some other folks who are similar to you. So some folks who come who are new or a little unsure, huh? you know, if they don't have any good friends or not a lot of friends coming, that they're going to have a hard time making those friends. And some folks make a lot of them well in advance of the con. So some of these different Facebook groups and social media things are a great way to start uh, meeting folks who have similar interests, TV shows, movies, whatever it might be, you know, you've spent a few months chatting with these folks. Once you get to con, it's going to be like, uh, you know, running into your best bud. Well, exactly. And the great thing about Dragon Con is, you know, it's almost like a family reunion. Once you get there, you're going to see meet people who you feel like you've known all your life. Oh, that's and that's it. And I love you know, for, for folks like you or I or some of us who've been a few years, we often say it and you can kind of read it from the people who go, yeah, yeah, okay, they're just, that's because they've been there so long. But then they get there that first year and whatever fandom or topic it is, boom. I mean, the minute you walk into a panel or you get in a line for something or you're just hanging out and you see someone else with a similar t-shirt or cosplay, so welcoming and opening up. People will just so much jump in there and do those conversations because all of us remember what it was like those first couple of years. We know how tough it is. And we can usually sense some of you that are new. Trust us. So, you know, you're going to find them opening up pretty quickly to, to talk to you. Oh, exactly. And as we always like to say, be prepared to be shocked. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, no doubt about it. Because no matter how much you think you are ready, and I don't mean it in a negative way, you really aren't until you realize all uh -uh. the good stuff that's nope, there. So. Nope, 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 nope. Nope. No, nope. there's there's been times I, as William's been growing up that I've had to cover my son's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there can be certain things along those lines. Uh, it is uh, whatever fifty, sixty thousand of us geeks, and let's face it, we are very welcoming, both in terms of community, but also in terms of different lifestyles. So you never know what you might see. Yeah, it's you know most of us who go are very open minded and everything, but even that you get surprised by. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the great thing with Dragon Con is you could see anything, you could experience anything if you let yourself and everything. Mm -hmm. it, you can always have a good time because no matter what you're into, you will find it at Dragon Con. Yep. Yeah. In the newbie group, uh, the last couple of weeks, we've seen a couple of posts, which are common type things uh, topic wise, because you see some folks who are new, they open up with ask some questions about uh con suggestions but they also start that question which i won't say i have trouble with but i usually wait and let other folks answer first is the okay this is my first year i want to do it right what are the can't miss events <laughs> like, like there's only a half dozen or 10 or something you know i yeah. mean there can be six or seven can't miss events 
just on Thursday afternoon at two o'clock. So, I mean, you've just got to realize it's a whole lot of everything. Well, exactly. You can plan down to the T, like you said earlier, you could be as anal as you want. Be prepared to only do half of what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, that you say, because there's crowds, there are other events that you walk past. Oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's drum circles, there's performers, there's musicians, there's concerts, there's wrestling, <laughs> there's robots, you know, there's yes. bro- it's everything, you know. So there's, there's the reality of the five hotels and the miles and miles that you'll walk. So, you know, on Friday afternoon, you might be willing to to hop between two hotels to get to something you want. By Sunday afternoon, it might come down to okay what's the closest thing to me because i just don't want to make another trek (laughs) exactly no that's actually very true because you know we always tell people the best thing you could buy for dragon con is a good pair of walking shoes absolutely critical you know exactly shoes the socks test them out ahead of time break them in yeah and like I said, and we're not kidding when we say miles. I'm sure someone like Zan or many of the other regulars will tell you, folks who use their Fitbits, if you're anything like us where we do different panels and go to different hotels, you'll easily be walking, you know, 10 to 25 miles during con. Oh, I think on Saturday I had 16,000 steps. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, and then there was the extra two and a half miles I added on sat- on Sunday night because uh, Darren had given me some of his apple pie. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember part what I did from <laughs> from like midnight till seven a.m. eight a.m. when I found myself back in my hotel room and I looked down and looked at my Fitbit and I already had five thousand steps. It was yeah. like it was like damn, <laughs> that's it. So you know, and let's face it, most of us are not in the greatest shape. So prepping for con that is definitely one thing to be doing in the coming months. You know, don't have to do any high end running, but just start doing a lot of walking every day. Get your body used to it. I think you'll find you'll. Have much more spring in your step once you get to con. No, that's a great way to put it, actually, Kevin. It's, you know, start walking and getting ready because your legs will be sore. Your legs will be like mm-hmm. basically spaghetti, you know, <laughs> you know and you're yeah. going to go, how do these people do it? And, you know, it just takes a lot of, you know, I hate to say it, dedication. It and, is. And, it you is. know, it's, it's Dragon Con is a lot different than something like San Diego Comic Con. Or, you know, New York Comic Con, because this con, you know, doesn't close at night. Nope. And that's one thing people have to be prepared for, with especially newbies. Dragon Con during the day and Dragon Con during the night are two different beasts. Oh, absolutely. And the great thing is, as we always say, too, is you get to program your con. So if you want to do the party side of it, you want to do celebrity uh, events, Q&As, or you prefer the fan interactions or just the visuals of hanging out and watching cosplay, you get to program it. You get to pick which parts, a little bit of everything, a lot of one thing, change it up by the day, change it up by the hour. Like you said, you're going to see different things at different events once we get past dark as opposed to during the day. But you get to find find a lot of it, sample a little bit of it, and decide what's going to fit in you. Uh, So that's the Thing, you know, again, it's lo- location shocks a lot of folks because they're like, well, I've done, like you said, maybe it's a San Diego or a WonderCon or any of these other places, which are fine, but that's usually one, you know, uh, convention center. You got a couple of floors you might have to deal with. This mm-hmm. is not. You got five hotels, multiple floors, walking outdoors between these places or using indoor shortcuts. You're going to find that it's a little bit like an adventure in that sense. So be be willing to. You know, find out what suits you and how you want to deal with that. Some folks, 
don't deal with it well and they get thrown off. So that's what we want to make sure you realize is there is a little bit of the, the tour aspect, which is why we do our tours on Thursday to kind of give you at least a, a rough idea of what you're getting yourself into. Oh, exactly. And, you know, it's interesting that you said that though, with, you know, planning out and everything. And, you know, we always say there's five hotels. Now there's also an America's Mart. And the America's Mart is a big part this year, even more than the, you're right. So it's really six location, official locations. Exactly. Yeah. So, and America's Mart's not connected to any of the hotels except for it does have a skybridge to the Westin, but it was not open last year. Yeah. Don't count on that from what I've heard. Yeah. But I mean, it is just a, I would say a few steps, but what's that? Exactly. A block, half a block between the Westin and there and not too far from the other hotels. But as you said, it is physically six places when you look at the map that you potentially could be going to, depending upon which programming track and event, which of the ballrooms it's in. Um, some of those hotels, for those who aren't aware, are connected, nice indoor walkways. You can stay air-conditioned, mm-hmm. but not all of them are. This is Atlanta. It is late August. It's going to be very muggy. You might have afternoon showers especially, so you got a little bit of that to deal with too. Oh, it's awesome because you go across one of the sky bridges, and this was like two years ago that I witnessed this. You know, the, the streets are always packed going, especially between the Sheraton and the Hilton and the Marriott. Mm-hmm. And everything. And then there was a, a clap of thunder. You, they looked like cockroaches running. <laughs> they scattered. Boom. Exactly. It's like, I don't think I've ever seen cosplayers move that fast. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, and yeah, that's one thing to, so I do tell some folks who don't tend to think of it depending on the part of the country. If you can find a nice compact umbrella to get in your backpack or whatever, that could be a, a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. When one of those quick storm comes and uh, you can't get through the mass of people, you don't want to get soaking wet. You know, that Dragon Con's actually been very lucky with rain and such. I don't think the parade has ever gotten rained out. No, they've had – and you know, knocking wood right here for those folks who are parade folks because, yeah, they've had amazingly good weather on the Saturday morning stretch. And even during the total course of con, we've had very few, quote, bad weather days or or rain throughout the entire day. It's been pretty brief just here and there. But because it is a quick storm, and let's face it, these hotels have got a lot of AC cranked up. It's not a lot of fun going from – wet to go inside to a cold room with ac it doesn't do good for the body no 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 and that's actually another thing you might want to talk about is like echinacea and you know keeping your health up because concrete is a beast yeah and so everybody's got the different approaches here folks i'm not going to claim to be a doctor or medical person but you do have a lot of folks who do very much uh, agree with the idea of uh, using some of those supplements be it vitamins or the airborns or the other stuff like that ahead of time because again 60,000 people close quarters a lot of there's going to be folks who've got a cold or whatever and you're going to be touching a lot of doorknobs and shaking hands maybe hugging some folks so anything you can do to for your body uh you know hand sanitizer right. will become your best friend I go through a ton of that stuff and I tell everyone when I meet them don't take it personal I'm not a germaphobe except at con <laughs> Because yes, I will. Because it is uh, it is something to keep in mind. It, it's just the nature of, the, of that many people in a fairly close uh, yeah. quarters, shall we say, to keep in mind. So yeah, you know, trying to get your proper rest, and we'd all love to do events twenty four hours a day, but you got to break for your meals and so forth to get the body right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Another thing we might want to touch on just real quick, you know, is you know, a lot of people bring supplies with them and stuff, but. One thing that's over the last few years with Dragon Con, which we've gotten very lucky, is the CVS at Peachtree Center. Oh, that's one of those folks don't want to recommend it because they're like, I found it and I don't think anyone else knows. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
you know, naturally these are hotels in a downtown area. So if you go in any of the gift shops in the hotels, you're going to pay that type price for a water bottle or a snack or whatever. But there is the the nice food court interconnected with a few of the hotels. And yeah, the CVS came in just a couple of years ago and they have been very good with their pricing. They don't gouge. They've done really good on supplies for their waters and other items. And that's become a favorite stop of mine. Like I said, if I want to you know, make sure to have some extra snacks with me or water bottles or if you need your aspirin or whatever it might be, your favorite hangover cure, it's been good to have that place. They've done a really good job. Or as Darren likes to say, if you meet a new friend and you need a little help. <laughs> it is a pharmacy, yes. yes. You, you can get that kind of stuff there. And it is twenty open 24 hours a day during the con. Yeah, that's and, and that's great. And one of the problems with Dragon Con, you know, you might go with a t- money, but you're eventually going to run out, and <laughs> you want to make sure you have your bank card ready because a lot of the ATMs towards the end of the weekend, like Kevin's been saying, this is over sixty thousand people all trying to use ATMs in the vicinity. They're going to run out of money. And it's a holiday weekend. Yeah. So a little secret, and I'm telling you here right now, is. CVS has cash back with if you use debit. Oh, there you go. There and you it, go. and, they, do, and they don't charge the fees. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, some of those uh, ATMs that are very close or in the hotels, you're right. They're, they're luckily, some of them will run out real soon. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, a block or two away or a few other banks. But, yeah, don't count on being able to easily get a lot of cash from those folks. You might have to venture a little further away. So planning ahead cash-wise comes in very handy. Exactly, because I know right in the general vicinity, SunTrust is the big one. Mm -hmm. SunTrust Plaza is right next to the Marriott. And then you also have have Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and I think those are the big threes that are around there. And I think there might be a chase or something a couple blocks away. So you have everything right there and, you know, you know, just, you know, also remember, folks, if you're going to an ATM at night, bring a friend. It is still a big city. Yes. Uh, downtown. I mean, I've never had an issue in Atlanta at Con at all, but it is still a big city. Still be smart. Maybe inside the, you know, certain meeting room, it's nothing but uh, good folks. But let's face it, uh, this is still 60,000 people. So be, be smart. Good mm. folks, but be smart. Folks. Exactly. Be like us. Be smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, having having a buddy at the elbow is a great idea regardless of uh, your age or, or anything that way. No, exactly. And I think, you know, if you're smart about it and, you know, you, you find information from Kevin's group and other newbies and, you know, the Facebook group is a great resource for you folks. And, you know, just type in Facebook also if you have other interests and type Facebook blah, 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 like Doctor Who, Facebook Star Trek, Facebook Arrow, you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. And you will find different groups and for the different tracks that are set up for face, you know, on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. In our newbies group, we stated in our policy and we, we do it every day is that there there is no unwelcome question. Please don't think, well, someone else might have asked us. The answer is yes. Hundreds have thousands maybe over the years now, but that's OK. That's why we're there. Unlike some other places that might be around who might, you know, raise an eyebrow because they're for the more experienced folks. We welcome any questions if it has to do with learning about con and you getting the most out of it. That's what, you know, a couple thousand people are there for. You know, Mike and Sue and Kim who helped me do the admin work. We're all there to keep an eye on things and keep it running very civil and very helpful. 
And if you don't get a chance to do one of the tours, they also do have a newbies uh, meetup and such. You have in actually it was in one of the bigger rooms at the Marriott last year. Yeah, normally what we end up doing on Thursday is walking tours uh, in the mid-afternoon. Uh, if you're into con by then, if not, usually Thursday evening and then Friday morning, we get a couple events. The con has been so supportive. We're not an official part of it, but they've been so supportive to list our events in the program. So we usually get a nice sized uh, ballroom and you can come for just an open Q&A just to ask any questions or sit and listen as other folks ask questions right uh, at the start of con. So you can kind of get yourself started right. Sounds great, sir. So before we hit, let you go for the week. Um how can people find you? Uh, easiest way, as I mentioned early on, if you go to dragonconnewbies.org, we'll have all the links available there. Or if you're on Facebook, just do a search for Dragoncon Newbies. should lead you right to the group, and then we can approve. One of our admins will approve you, and you can feel free to ask questions from there. Exactly. Well, thank you, Kevin, and we will see you again next month. Awesome. Thank you, sir. And welcoming for the first time for 2016, Michelle Biddick-Simmons. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Good to have you back. I, I Seriously, the last two times I was supposed to do it, everything kind of hits and it's like, no, can't do it, or we forgot. Well, details, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or was it, we like to call it here in the Faber household, senior moments. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We'll call it geek moments. <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's even better. So cool. So drop by Dragon Con. We are on a roll already. Uh, we are. And here's the thing. We are just over five months out from Dragon Con. And A, I can't believe it's March and it's almost the end of March. But Do Not Panic is the name of my little segment tonight. Grab a towel and water. Um, what ends up happening is everybody, when they hit January, they decide they're going to, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to get in whatever shape it is or set whatever goal. And it usually hits that you quit within the first week. And then in February, you pick it up again. But studies have shown that March, particularly spring, is like when people start to go, all of a sudden, I, I want to be healthy. I want to be outside. I want to be moving. Well, when you're a dragon conner, you're like, I want to be outside moving and I want to fit in that costume or I want to be able to hit those hills and not, you know, be dying by the time I get to the top in that, you know, August or September heat of Atlanta. But this is what I'm saying to do and it really does work. A, just start moving. doesn't matter what situation you're in. We have people in wheelchairs. We have people that have had their ankles broken. We have someone who just dislocated his shoulder again. Start where you are. Just start moving. You can go and on YouTube and find stuff to do with seated workouts. Just go for a walk if you need to start there. Just move. Um, then the big thing for me is journal, journal, journal. I don't care if it's digital or on paper. Write it down. If you eat it, if you drink it, if you exercise it, if you're not sleeping, write it down when you go to sleep. Write down when you wake up and start really paying attention to that. If something is not working i.e., if at first you don't succeed, look at that journal because it will tell you where you're falling down because a lot of us will not realize we're drinking like a rum and Coke. Eh, don't do rum and Diet Coke, please. Do rum and Coke because that rum deserves it. But, you know, if you're going to have alcohol, balance it out with something. Cut your calories someplace else. Never drop your calories too low. You're not going to lose weight if it's weight you're trying to lose. If you're working on muscle, by God, hit that protein and get in your calories as well. 
um, keep tweaking things because what works for one person or might be the fad diet may not work for you. Um, and in, in particular, really won't work for you. Everybody's different. Try new stuff. Don't be afraid to get out there and try new stuff. If you've always wanted to do something, go take you know the kickboxing, take the um, the Israeli martial arts. The I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's Krag Magna. Is that it? I think it's something like that. But and, even, but even try doing water aerobics. Something you easy. know what. We have people that are doing that right now because they broke their ankles and their ankles had to have surgery. Best thing for you because that resistance in the water, super easy, but also your muscles love it. Um, and it keeps your joints really happy too. Um, things that are fun, go get a kite, take your kids out, go fly a kite. It sounds silly. Best, it's fun and you're running and you have to get it up in the air and it's something that they'll want to do again. Anytime you're around someplace, as long as your knees will allow it, do the squats. You know, keep your keep your. I know that really sounds. Paul, uh, I, I, I wasn't even going to go there. I was trying to <laughs> every keep every time I say that, Paul starts cracking up. Keep your knees from going over your toes because improper form will damage you. You don't want to do that. Um, make sure you do stretch whenever you're exercising, at least twice a week. If you are really doing a lot of workouts, make sure you are getting extra calories at least once or twice a week if you're particularly if you're really working out why because if you go too low and you're working out so much your body's not going to do what you need it to do but if twice a week you get more calories your body goes oh i'm not in deprivation we're not starving we're not forced to walk across this tundra you know the <laughs> the hills in atlanta but we're actually we have plentiful food because your body is trying to keep you alive and it will do whatever it can to keep your fat on you if it's trying, you know, it thinks you're going into deprivation mode. Um, always try to look at things in little chunks. When you look at the big picture, even if it's just 20 or 30 pounds, that's huge. Look at it five. Look at it even if it's one pound, if it's 30 pounds you're trying to lose. One pound at a time because you didn't get to that 30 pounds overnight. So you're not going to get it off overnight, but just break it into little chunks because success leads to more successful. When you do one thing well and you lose five pounds, you're more likely to keep going. And that's a big deal because you get bored, you get annoyed. Um, don't put the exercise off. If, if you can, get up and do it in the morning. I'm really bad about this. Paul will get up and exercise and I don't want to bother him. So I like tiptoe around or I'll sleep in. And this is really putting me in a bad position, so I've got to start getting up and moving in the morning, too. If the scale scares you, do measurements. Because measurements, even though they're still numbers, are an accurate way to see what changes happen when the scale is not moving. Don't let the scale be what drives you. Let your clothes be what drive you, drive you and how you feel. But um, And I know I'm rushing through this, but... Our minds don't see what's really there quite often. So if you do photos of yourself, don't do it in like your bra and underwear or, or bathing suit and stuff, guys and girls, not necessarily bra. But um, do well, your to, Well, to each their own, you know, as I like seriously. to say. Um, we don't judge on this show. Seriously. Um, but do your photos in something that's a little too tight initially and start taking your photos in that same piece of clothing. Here's why. And most people have no idea about this. And when I was reading this, I was like, wow. 
Um, and it makes perfect sense. We have taught ourselves to look at ourselves critically and severely. The more skin we see, the less reality we see. All we see are the flaws that our brain is saying are there because we trained it to look at the flaws. And we don't actually see the changes. So if you have more clothing, you actually see more changes. So stick with that one piece of clothing and you will really see the difference. And it struck me because I, I have an art history degree that um, that in like in nudes, you always drape fabric because a nude with fabric is more more naked than a human form with no clothing at all. So I'm like, that's hilarious because that's exactly the same thing. You can see it better when it's draped in fabric. So let's do that. Um, and other things with that is the way our brain works is if you think you're being deprived, it's going to start craving. So one of the other things about twice a week or once a week getting extra calories and I don't say go crazy. I mean, three to 500 extra calories. Um, I don't eat red meat, but if you want a steak, do a steak and a mashed potato thing or a baked potato. Do a couple of beers and that steak. Um, or if you need desserts, do a really fabulous, amazing dessert and a glass of wine and enjoy it because your body will not start going, I'm not getting what I like. I'm not celebrating. I'm not treating myself. But when you do that, it's like, I'm going to work toward this. And it's not, you don't need it every day. You're going to find that. Um, I also say build in a couple of pieces of chocolate, dark chocolate, every week. Like four to six pieces, go get Dove or one of the other ones that they're already discreetly packaged. So you can't overeat. Just grab um, four or six of them, break it up into, you know, if you have six, have it three times a week, two pieces each. And if it's dark chocolate, make it a higher percentage um, of dark because it's a it relaxes your cardiovascular system and it actually has um, a little bit of sedative quality to it because of that. It also helps you burn fat. So dark chocolate, yay! Um, and a couple of other things, real quick. If if you are really working out and you're not seeing changes, do this thing. It's thirty twenty thirty. We found in science very fabulous stuff. And it's more than likely because the way that farmers and other people worked, if you do 30 minutes of intense work, like get out there, run for 30 minutes, walk heavy for 30 minutes, really push it, then for 20 minutes, just be mellow. Just sit someplace, enjoy the park, read a book for a little while, get up and do 30 more minutes. So 30, 20, 30. The, it, you, it peaks you up. It keeps you burning. You sit down. It levels you a little bit, and then you get up and start moving again. It actually basically doubles what you're burning. And they started doing this with also training a lot of athletes to get more muscle at a faster rate, and it works. Also, vary your speed if you're out walking or running, um, and do hills. If you can find some good hills, go slow, speed up, go slow, speed up, hit those hills. And as you do the hills, when you get good at it, speed up on the hill, slow down on the hill, speed up on the hills. Also ups the percentage you're burning, and it builds muscles at a higher rate. And on those nights when you have the extra calories, particularly the nights when you slip and have the extra calories and you've already done that that week, do the squats, do wall sits, do lifting things that require the legs and bum to be used, Anything like that, be
because that is the largest muscle group in your entire body and it actually pumps up your burn and a lot of the calories that you ingested will be used instantly rather than stored. And on top of this, add beans in. Have beans within 30 minutes of doing this. And I mean plain. I don't mean at a burrito or anything. Don't go to you know Taco Bell at 4 a.m. And, and stuff that down with cheese, etc. Just have some plain good beans. And that it sounds odd, but here's why. Um, High-fat foods slow down in your digestion. When you put beans with them, it changes how it's treated because high-fat foods go in as a sugar, so they're stored. But beans actually help change them into basically um, a protein that's used almost instantly. And, and there's a little bit of carb in there, too. It's a, it's a starch issue. But um, it's better for you. It burns it, and it makes your body more efficient, and you keep from storing those. So, Yay. Yay for that. Do you want to tell people a little bit about your groups if for the newbies out there who haven't oh, listened man. to the show before? And, and let me tell you, Drop By has changed a lot. Um, we've Drop By Dragon Con started. I've been running it for 10 years. It's been around for 11 years. Uh, it originally started to support um, a writer from Lost who was coming from Dragon Con and did not want to be up there on a panel and be fat. And when I was one of the first members and when it kind of died off, I kept it going, and then it was handed off to me, and I've kept it going. It's a fabulous group. We have a Tough Mutters and Spartan training group. We have a Fitbit group. We have a polycystic ovarian group now. We actually, I just started this because we were doing some other stuff, and I was like realizing that, that when you're in a larger group, it can be a little overwhelming. And let me tell you, Drop By, I know you know this, Drop By is an amazing group. I try to keep it positive. Everybody gets that. And we're so supportive and just such an amazing group of people. I really love these people. And just behind, like we have members that have cancer. We have members that have survived horrible things. We have members going through a lot of stuff. And we are there for each other because we matter. And it's just, it's a good group. Well, I just started some challenge groups for the people that are really trying to lose weight. We've got men and women. Um, it, they just started yesterday, so we haven't really gotten them going as much, but if you have 70 or more to lose, we have this group. If you have 60 um, and under to about 20 to lose, we have groups. And then 20 and under, we have groups. And we're going to start maintenance groups. Because what we're trying to do is, I was like, let's get through these groups and work through them. So once you leave a group, you go to another group and we get to maintenance. And it's buddy system. It's supporting each other and being able to... Like I put up different workouts and I'm handing the guys stuff off to the guys because we're in separate groups. Um, but there's so much stuff going on. But it is an amazing group, amazing people. I get to know everybody I can. And I'm your biggest cheerleader because, by God, I want you all to get to where you're healthy and happy. And you can do the damn hills because Dragon Con. Damn straight. That is awesome. Well, you know. Since we've got you know over a little over five months left, what last bit of advice would you like to give everyone before we head out? Start really looking at your food. If you're out someplace, don't buy stuff that's pre-made. I know it's everybody's busy and you don't have a lot of time, but really read it before you buy it. If you go and start working and making your own food, fresh veggies, fresh fruit, put stuff together, package it prep it for the week, not only do you save calories and salt and all this other stuff that's in food that's 
prepackaged, but you also are going to save money. And by God, if you're going to Dragon Con, you know you want to save money so that you can have a better time at Dragon Con. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, thanks a lot, Michelle. And how could people find the groups and if they need to write you? Um, if you go on Facebook, it's Drop by Dragon Con, and you'll see the there's a page and a community. Um, one, I just I just put posters up or something every once in a while, but the other one is the active community. You're going to have to go, like, put yourself in. I vet you. We'll get you in because I'm really cautious about how I add people. But I'm Michelle Biddix-Simmons. I'm the only one. I try to check that other um, folder on Facebook quite often. And if you need to talk or you're really trying to, you know, you want to join, but you just need incentive, contact me. That is awesome. Well, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. And now, certainly last but not in the very least at all, we have with us, uh, a lot of people refer to him by his title, the Director of Media Relations, but we refer to him as our good friend Dan Carroll is with us. Well, thank you guys for having us. I enjoyed my time in the green room while I was waiting. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, we like to have snacks. And, I, think, and, I, think, and, I think JD put snacks back there, didn't he, Mike? Uh, yeah, games. sure. <laughs> and well, video games. It was fun playing video games. I, I, I was playing um, Pharaoh back awesome. there. Wow. A lot of people hey. call me, uh, when you said they call me Media Relations Director for Dragon but a lot of folks also call me Sexy Randall, the Pharaoh King. <laughs> well, there you go. That is a title go. that is new to me. That is a reference to uh, Kevin Smith's cartoon Clerks, which yes. is a geeky thing that you should be familiar with. And just like DragonCon, there's filled with geeky things. Absolutely. Ooh. And that's what we're talking about because we are, uh, look, less than six months away from the big event, 30 years of DragonCon. This is a, a huge, huge milestone. Uh, it is, and 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 we uh, we talked before we got on the air today about just what the growth is of the event. Uh, you know, started out one hotel uh, thirty years ago. We're in five hotels. We're in four floors of the Americas Mart this year. Uh, wow, just just a big expansion through mid uh, through downtown Atlanta. Absolutely, it's yeah, it's really. I mean, with a lot going on. That same weekend, it's it's a big chunk of the city now. Yes, yeah, and, and we do share the weekend with other events, and and obviously, the start of football is, is important to so many people. So many people at Dragon Con are football fans. Um, I, I myself remember an email exchange I had with Pat Henry, uh, where I was defending the ACC and he was defending the SEC, and since <laughs> it wasn't basketball, his team won. <laughs> since. Um, with, uh, with the 30 years, um, and of course, one of the things that we've always talked about is how Atlanta really, as a city, appreciates DragonCon and the revenue that it brings. When do you think that, that page turned? Like, uh, was well, it we actually years? know when it turned. No, it, it was, it was roughly 2005, 2006, uh, professor at, uh, at, a, at a university here in Atlanta did a survey uh, calculating the economic impact of Atlanta. That caught the eye of the Atlanta Convention and Visitors Bureau. Uh, when they started to work with us, they found us, uh, I'm going to say this, delightful to work for, with, 
Um, one of the things that's great about DragonCon is the DragonCon people and the DragonCon fans and attendees are extremely easy to work with in a lot of ways. And um, we started the growth. Uh, and after a couple of years, uh, we were seeing the signs uh, on the streets uh, up and down for our 25th anniversary, the signs up and down Peachtree Street and and the signs in the bars and the, and the restaurants. signs in the airport and the airport. And the airport, absolutely. Like going up the escalator, welcoming you to Dragon Con, home of Dragon Con. I thought that was that was something. Well, we also do have a, a partnership with Delta. I don't know most uh, Dragon Con uh, attendees understand that they have the right and the ability throughout the year to use a Dragon Con code that can be found on the Dragon Con website, www.dragoncon.org to get discounts on Delta flights. And you Delta is our provider. I, I did not know that. I don't think I've ever known that. Wow. Well, I got another one for you. And this is why I'm here to talk about those things about DragonCon. Absolutely. Enterprise also has those rates. The special DragonCon rates for Enterprise. Wow. And those can be used throughout the year? Yes. So wow. you could basically drive to boldly go where no one's gone before. Okay, that died really badly. <laughs> well, most of the time I travel, I try to use a Stargate. <laughs> Stargate, TARDIS, Transporter, you know, we're, it just depends on the, the week for me. Okay, what, what I want to do is stress that these airfares uh, discounts, uh, and it is to uh, do, do, do uh, meeting event code NM. KL7 for, wait, hold on a second. I lied. It is NMKL6 for United States and Canada. And for anyone else, it's NMKL7. That is and good to know. For Enterprise, I'm seeing if I can pull this up. There we go. In the Enterprise, and also this works for National. The code is XZ03A67, and your PIN number is DRA, all capital letters, like Dragon, but you stop after the A, DRA for Enterprise, and your national code is XZ03A67. You see, when I read that, a little bit of the Navy coming out. <laughs> I, You know what? It never ceases to astound me that... DragonCon is 30 years old this year. I've been going there over 20 years, and there's still things that I'm learning about the event. Well, the, we don't hide this information. It's out on the website. We ha we do publicize it a couple times a year on social media, but I'm glad that we're getting it out today to you and your listeners. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, now, can you tell me, Does is there, without revealing too much, is there a feeling behind the scenes that this is a special year because of the anniversary? There is. There is a huge feeling about that. Was uh, it more so than the 25th or kind of along the same lines? Well, I'm going to throw out a, a, a sentence we used during the 25th that applies for this year, too. Dragon Con's real star right now is the Dragon Con attendee. Yeah, we're very happy that William Shatner's coming. We're really happy that Karen Gillian is coming. And we're super, super happy that Will Friedel, one of my favorites, Batman Beyond, is coming. Uh, Charlie Fox was just announced. These are just the tip of the iceberg of our great celebrity guests. But 
the real Star Dragon Con continues to be those people mingling in the Hyatt Regency and mingling in the Marriott Marquis and uh, playing games and, and just enjoying Dragon Con. And that's what we're most excited about is the family's growing. Uh, you know, we expect another year of growth. We, we're expanding our, our footprint a little bit to accommodate that growth. Um, and, and do some moving around. I understand you already covered that registration, moving gaming, moving. Yes. Yes. Excellent. I do not have to go over those details, but I'm pretty excited about them. Yeah. And, it, and we'll wait a, to hear other details as it comes out later in the year. Yes. Right. And, and back to the guests for a second. Uh, well, first off, the big thing about the moves is we're able to give every track a little more space. And and we monitor that when the when the track rooms get too full, we try to give them more space, and this has allowed us to do that. So that's the one thing we're we're, we're anticipating that. But also our our guests, we have entered into some partnerships, uh, and we are working with sharing guests over that weekend because there's more than one convention in in the country or in the North America that weekend, and um, we're going to have. A lot of guests. Charlie Fox is coming Friday and Saturday. Karen Gillian, uh, I believe, is Sunday and Monday. That may be subject to change. And we have Shatner for one day. But we're still very happy to have all these guests. And uh, and more will be announced as the year progresses. That's, That's uh, awesome. Yeah. I mean, one day of Shatner is still a day of Shatner. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. He has enough personality time. in him that he could take up three days just with his one day appearance. Have you guys have you guys had any contact with Shatner? Oh yes, I have. I have. Uh, so, not, I mean, I've I've got I've met him just really briefly once. Uh, I've been to uh, I've seen him uh, perform, uh, do panels, his Broadway show. I've seen all that. Uh, so yeah, I have uh, a little bit of uh, experience with him. So my only DragonCon contact with Shatner was that I brought a local uh, Atlanta television reporter and camera crew backstage while he was on stage and we walked behind him and we got some video of him of him from the back the backside of Shatner <laughs> and that was my only experience I, I never got I never even got to see him while he was signing not even from across the room um, I, I think I have a name for a new podcast the backside <laughs> of Shatner Ooh, I like that. Coming soon to the ESO <laughs> Network. Copyright 2016. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and well, I would imagine that. I mean, you've had brushes with just about everybody who's uh, come along at Dragon Con. I would imagine. Sure. Well, it's interesting. I, I do get to see a lot of the guests. Uh, one, my favorite story. I, I I've told it on Seriously Dan, uh, my podcast on the ESO Network that will be resuming shortly. Uh, that uh, Lucy Lawless corrected me and explained to me how to properly introduce myself to Lucy Lawless. And uh, that was pretty incredible. Uh, you know, and, and I do have, have opportunities to sit down and talk to some of the guests uh, o over time. Uh, one of my favorites was uh, Christy Swanson uh, came to DragonCon. It was her first convention ever. And we had a mixer between the media and some of the guests. And she stayed at the door and was too shy and did not want to come in to a room that was barely – it was mostly empty. Um, she was just, just so nice and so so earnest about it. Um, 
and uh, you know, so I, I've I've had a lot of experience. Sometimes the bigger guests, the Shatners, the the Carrie Fishers, um, the those guests, I never get to encounter. Uh, and as the convention has grown, I do encounter less and less of the guests because I'm, I'm busy doing other things. Well, sure. Like, and and we've told every as we you know we mentioned to a lot of people, especially their first timers, is that it's impossible to do it all, see it all. I mean, I'm sure there's, I, I know for a fact, there's tracks that um, not because of anything that they're doing wrong. It's just that there's tracks that I've never stepped foot in just because I just have not got around to getting around the, to one of their uh, panels yet. Well, I, I'm going to throw this out. I always compare it to my first visit to the Bronx Zoo when I was a kid living up in the New Jersey, New York area. And uh, we were at the zoo for six hours, and there were three or four areas we got nowhere near. Still had a great time, full day. And Dragon Con is like that. And, and uh, I recently had a reporter wrote a really glowing review of Dragon Con, and at the end he write, writes that he was sad that there were things he couldn't experience and things he didn't even know about. Uh, folks, there's 3,500 hours of programming at Dragon Con. If you get to 50 hours of programming, that's a good weekend. That really is a legitimately good weekend. Absolutely. The other 3,450 hours you, you might miss. And that includes our, you know, over over uh, 20 parties and dances. Um, we always have, you know, 40, 50 bands in attendance. We have music going nearly 24 hours a day. Uh, plus, we have the special activities, the, the costuming, and lately, what's been really growing, and this was this was barely uh, barely a thing uh, eight years ago when I started my first Dragon Con as a director. But we've got these giant photo shoot shoots, um, three, four, five hundred costumed folks in a theme. Uh, yeah, you'll have three o'clock. You'll have the Marvel set up. You'll have Disney at 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 six and the next day you'll have DC or uh, it can go uh, any type of fandom has a photo shoot now, but the largest ones are the comic books is the star Wars, star Trek. And, um, uh, the, and this year, if I get permission, I may actually wear a costume at Dragon Con. Ooh, wow. You have to get permission for that. I do have to get permission. I am officially, uh, the only person at Dragon Con not allowed to wear a costume. Wow. Well, but, you know, technically I'm not either. Judy doesn't let me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's... You've been in uh, costume before. No, yeah. I know, that's why I'm not allowed anymore. <laughs> I've been a costume at other events. Sure. Uh, but never at Dragon Con. But uh, uh, the Star Wars Rebels show, which has been taken off, uh, especially after the the impact of this the Star Wars movie this year... Uh, has introduced a character who happens to be my doppelganger. Rex. So the Rex, that is correct. Yep. Absolutely. So uh showed up for an event the other day and that was all anybody wanted to talk about when I walked in the room. <laughs> you look like Rex. I do look like Rex. He is a handsome, handsome character. No, Rex well, looks like you. That's the thing. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's right, because I looked like this before Rex came around. Exactly. Uh, one thing we definitely want to talk about uh, while you're with us is uh, the Dragon Con Superheroes program that has uh, started with their first event. 
Uh, I believe that was the uh, cleanup at Piedmont Park. Is that right? Sure. Uh, and let me talk about that first, and then we'll talk about the other events. Sure. Uh, this is our third year for DragonCon Superheroes, and the DragonCon Superheroes program was a, uh, conceived as a way for DragonCon to give back to the community. And uh, our the original uh, event that I attended was a cleanup of Sweetwater Creek, where we just walked through Sweetwater Creek State Park, uh, working with Georgia Conservancy, which in the past has been one of our uh, charities. And we still have a very close relationship with them. Uh, this time, we did something a little bit different, working with the Piedmont Park Conservancy and, again, the Georgia Conservancy. We went ahead and went down and mulched the dog park, and we also cleaned up around the rivers and streams. Now, the vast majority of the volunteers were in the dog parks, and, and they had dubbed two truckloads of mulch. And we got out there with a bunch of pitchforks and wheelbarrows, and we filled up the wheelbarrows with mulch and just spread it out. And and if you haven't been to that part of Piedmont Park and you haven't seen the the dog park there, it's huge. It's probably, all told, uh, equal to a football field in size. And I might be wrong. I might be exaggerating, but it felt like it. And we had 47 volunteers out there just, just grabbing the – pitch uh, the mulch and mulching away and uh it was strenuous it was an aerobic event for me i i kept my heart rate monitor on at all times making sure that i was in my safe range uh and we got it looked gorgeous when it was done and and i'm so proud of all the volunteers who did that and, and not just the DragonCon volunteers who worked with DragonCon on, on site. Many were of the folks there were just DragonCon attendees who wanted to be part of this program. And the other part of it was walking along the trails and the the pond and the uh, the area with the streams. They they gathered, I believe, it's nineteen bags of garbage. Wow, that's that. Uh, so I mean, I mean, it's great that you guys did that. It's sad that that, that it had, all that had accumulated. Yes. That so we have two more events this year and and folks if you go to www.dragoncon.org slash question mark Q equals superheroes you'll find out more about this uh, or if you just search DragonCon superheroes on on Google you will find this also but our next event is April thirtieth it's the walk to end lupus now uh, lupus has affected my family it's affected. Um, our DragonCon family, and we take it uh, very seriously. We all want to see Lupus ended. So there's a big walk at Piedmont Park. It's April 30th. Uh, Check-in times are 9 a.m. The walk begins at 11 a.m. We're asking folks to uh, donate to join Team Dra- uh, Team DragonCon Superheroes and to raise money, and there's a link there. And that's a donation that goes along with our walkers. So as they walk, they, they raise money. Uh, but the other thing is, if you're actually available, you can join uh, DragonCon Superheroes and come down, give out water, take care of people at the finish line, take care of whatever happens at the start line. Um, we do a, a good job of representation there, and it's it's you get to rub elbows with DragonCon bigwigs, uh, and and most importantly, you get to do something good. 
And our third event, guys, I don't know if you even have heard of this. It's Backpack in the Park with kids, for the kids in all of us. For the kid in all of us. That's the charity. And that's going to be at Cantor Wolford Gardens. And I'm not sure where that is, but we'll have information. And that's going to be July 24th. And this is different than the other two events. Right now at every Dragon Con meeting, we gather pens, paper, pads, book bags, school supplies, whatever things we can find. Uh, folders, glue sticks, spiral notebooks, 24-count uh, box of crayons. We've got a list of things we gather. And then we're all going to get together with these giant boxes of donations and fill up backpacks. And these backpacks are going to be given before the school year begins to disadvantaged children who are struggling financially and, and it gives them a little bit of encouragement, oof, and material aid so that they can get through the school year. And that's called For the Kids in All of Us. And we do have a possibility that we will come back for for that event after Dragon Con and have another event with them. And we also are looking at a third, uh, a fourth event this year we can't talk about. Ooh. Once all the paperwork is done, we can talk about it, but... So that's what the superheroes are. And it's a lot of fun in a very shallow sense. You get a cool T-shirt. I love my T-shirt. I love my superhero T-shirt from previous years. Uh, actually, I didn't get to any events last year, so I feel bad. But I'm doubling up and making sure I go to almost all, I go to all of them this year. Um, and I hope uh, my boss hears, doesn't hear that because then I'm stuck. <laughs> I got to go. Um, well, it's uh, they're great programs, and uh, it, it's a, a great thing, and uh, it's always good to talk to you, sir. And like you said, you hinted at a couple things that we look forward to uh, being announced later this year. So we'll definitely want to have you back on to talk more about those. Thank you, and and uh, DragonCon's amazing and everything. But I'm going to throw out a personal plug: www.seriouslydan.com, or you can find Seriously Dan at the uh, ESO Network. I'm not as active as I have been, but I want to see that turn around this year. And uh, uh, the other thing I want to throw out, one of the things I love at DragonCon is Project Cosplay. Are you familiar with Project Cosplay? I've heard the name. So basically they throw out a pile of junk and they bring three designers and three three, uh, cosplayers and they build their costumes right there in front of the room at Ah. DragonCon. With no preparation whatsoever, and uh, you can take a look. Uh, go go search for Project Cosplay at DragonCon, and uh, I'm also involved with Project Cosplay outside of DragonCon. And you can find information about that on seriouslydan.com. I am neither a cosplayer nor a designer. I am a judge. So. Ah, gotcha. Well, very cool. Well, sir, thank you so much for your time tonight. And uh, like I said, we'll be talking to you later on in the year. Thank you so much for everything you do throughout the year, guys. Uh, what you do for the city of Atlanta and for DragonCon, we can't even – I literally cannot give you the gratitude you deserve. Uh, well, thank you, sir. It's our pleasure. Yeah, our 12 listeners really appreciate DragonCon. It's awesome. <laughs> And so we draw a close to another episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2016 Special Report. 
A big thanks to everyone for joining us on this episode. Finally, glad to hear from Kevin Batchelder and Michelle Biddick-Simmons, uh, along with, of course, uh, the regular Eternal Zan with the Hotel Spotlight. That was awesome. Uh, again, always fun to chat with Dan Carroll. Uh, we'll definitely be talking to him later on uh, as we get closer to the event, too, because I got a feeling that there's some big announcements to be made. So uh, we'll have him on for those. And again, thank you. Much love to our station crew here. Thanks, Tacoma. You're most welcome. Thank you guys for having me. It was anything great. you want to plug? Uh, no, I don't really have anything coming up right now. Gotcha. No, no shows coming up. No, no. We ended up having to cancel our show due to um, due to some issues with our city. <laughs> so, Ooh. yeah, Ooh. yeah. Blue laws. Blue laws. Oh my. All right. Well, we look forward to hearing from you again next month. Yep, definitely. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Mary, for joining us. Absolutely, guys. Anytime. Anything you want to plug? Not really. I don't really have anything coming up either. Wow. So this is – we're all just focused oh. on Dragon Con. So much, right? Uh, Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. That's Wow, that almost sounded convincing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And thank you, Darren. Appreciate it. No worries, sir. Anything you want to plug? Um, grad school sucks. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's not really a plug. It's more of a statement. But It's yeah. a statement. Well, we, we hear you. Mm-hmm. And, of course, thank you, Mike, for which none of this, without you, none of this would be possible, sir. Well, yeah, I'm the guy who hits record. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, And I wanted to make a little announcement for everybody out there. We get tons of people saying, oh, we love the Dragon Con report. We love the Dragon Con report. Well, folks, I'm going to put it on you now. Go to the go to iTunes or Stitcher or whichever uh, system you're listening to us through, and please rate us as a five. We would really appreciate it and leave feedback for us. You know, stuff like that helps us come up in the ratings. And yeah, tons of people are listening to this for their news of Dragon Con and everything. Let iTunes know that. Let more people find out about us. You know, we are getting out there, but, you know, with good reviews and good ratings, you know, that's what pops it up for us. And, you know, eventually maybe we can even get a sponsor. That would be cool. You hear that, people at Dragon Con? We try to cover all the news we can with these specials, but to keep up with the latest news and notes, please check the official DragonCon website, social media outlets. All the tracks are active on Facebook, Twitter, even Instagram, various social medias. Check them out. Be part. Uh, take part. In, a lot of them are looking – a lot of the track directors are looking for ideas for – for panels uh, right now. So you can get involved right now on determining what the experience for Dragon Con, their 30th anniversary, will be like. So uh, we hear ESO can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus. Are we still on Google Plus? Yeah, why not? Sure. Stitcher, we want you to be part of the station. So please feel free to join us in the discussion and help support us by donating via PayPal, purchasing very cool ESO merchandise at our Zazzle store, or filling up your cart with our M- at our Amazon e-store. Uh, also, uh, the book, um, Tales of the Station, is still available on Amazon. So feel free to purchase away on that. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon. It has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.